ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across central New York, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. All right, rolling along here on this Tuesday, our first day back at it here in uh, 2023. uh, A day that's turned out to be a very strange one after the events uh, in Cincinnati last night involving DeMar Hamlin. Most uh, recent news is the NFL is not going to reschedule the game this week. Well, no kidding. So uh, we'll see when they come out with anything that uh, has a little more uh, meaning behind it, but uh, mainly still wishing the best for DeMar as he remains under... Uh, from all understanding, excellent medical care at the UC Medical uh, Center in uh, Cincinnati, a high-level uh, travel center in Cincinnati, only a few miles from the stadium. That downtown is very compact uh, for those that have never been uh, to the Queen City. Everything is kind of uh, right near each other uh, downtown. But uh, we'll bring on our first guest of today. He is Lance Meadow. He is the host of the Giants broadcast. And uh Welcome in, Lance. And, you know, I texted you yesterday, hey, let's talk some Giants. Um, made the playoffs, all this, and we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but, my goodness, the NFL world has changed a lot here in the last uh, 12 to 24 hours. So what, uh, what, what is your view here of uh, everything last night in Cincinnati and everything that's gone on around DeMar Hamlin? Yeah, I think that's one way to put it, Brian. I was actually on the airwaves last night on Sirius XM NFL Radio because I normally host the postgame show every mm-hmm. Monday night. And typically we go on after the Westwood One national broadcast. And I watched the game in great detail, as I always do. Never thought that I would have been in a situation where we would have gone on as early as we did and not really talk about X's and O's, but talk about the human emotion of the game and what both the Bengals and the Bills had to experience last night and the raw emotion, seeing obviously DeMar Hamlin have to be taken care of on the field, CPR, an ambulance bringing him to the hospital. You know, nobody should be exposed to that in any walk of life, especially when it comes to the sports entertainment field. So uncharted territory, unprecedented situation. As you mentioned, he's still in critical condition. I don't know when and if they'll be able to complete this game. And the other thing to throw out, and I don't want to speculate and say that something will definitely happen, but you also wonder about the state of Week 18 in general, Brian, Mm -hmm. because DeMar Hamlin had many connections across the NFL, specifically actually to the New York Giants. Remember, the Buffalo staff, a lot of players and coaches who were with DeMar Hamlin last year during his rookie year are now with the Giants. And can only imagine what a lot of those individuals are going through and thinking about, which is far beyond playing the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. Yeah, and I say this, like the NFL doesn't stop for anybody. And we, I talked about this to start the show. Like, you know, Pete Rozelle regretted this, I think, to his death. But they, they played the weekend uh, that John Kennedy got assassinated, like later that week. Like the NFL just really hasn't sure. ever stopped uh, for anything. It, and I'm not saying they're not going to play the games this weekend. My, my guess is they end up playing them all, you know, just because it's the NFL. But it, it felt like last night this was received by the, you know, the, the membership of the league. And with that meaning the players and the coaches a, a lot differently than maybe anything else in recent times we've seen received. Well, I think it was, once again, as I mentioned, a very unique situation that everybody was put in. And I know a lot of people are pointing the finger, well, why did it take so long for the NFL to ultimately postpone the game. Now, I'm not going out on campaign trail, Brian, for the National Football League, but I think in those circumstances, it's important for people who are in New York making those decisions at the league office to speak to both teams, gather as much intel as possible, 
don't overreact initially and then come to a decision, which is exactly what happened. It took about 45 minutes, maybe, from the time that he went down at about 8.55 Eastern when he made the tackle on T. Higgins to then the decision to postpone the game. So I really didn't have a major issue at all in terms of how the NFL handled things because I think most fans are looking at it. They have raw emotion, and they're like, this is terrible. There's no way that they should be able to complete the game. But there's a lot of people behind the back doors that have to discuss the logistics that, to the court of public opinion, may not seem important. But in order to run the league and handle everybody at the stadium and the fans, there's a lot of things that you have to cross off on the checklist. So overall, I didn't necessarily have an issue in terms of how they handled it. And one other example that I'll bring up, you brought up JFK, 9-11, they did postpone the games for a week. Right. So, you know, I'm not saying we're going to get there because I think it's premature as you and I are having this conversation. But it hasn't been, once again, uncharted territory where because of a horrendous event in society that they decided to put football on the back burner. So they do at least have something in the archives to lean on from that standpoint. Yeah, and you, you go back to, to 2001, yeah, you're talking about that, like they, they postponed that, and it ended up, it, it bumped back the season later, but you know, it had three, yeah. three months to uh, prepare for it. Now, now if you're doing that, you're, you're literally, uh, now you're bumping back the playoffs, and it's a whole thing. There's a lot of logistics in it. Not that that is important in the grand scheme of uh, DeMar Hamlin's life, but it is something, uh, the nuts and bolts of stuff, that uh, people do have to uh, deal with. Uh, on days like this. This is Lance Meadow. He is the host of the Giants uh, radio network. And Lance, uh, as you said, you, you are a post-game host of these Monday Night Football games on uh, Sirius XM. So obviously, as you said, it's a very different uh, life experience for a broadcaster uh, last night. Not not the most important part of it, but we've all been on the air at points where we've not known really anything. What was that like last night? You're on the air for I, I don't know how long. We're literally... You basically have, because there really hasn't been much, any new information to to bring to people that are listening to you last night. Yeah, it was a very, once again, unique experience, and I appreciate the question, Brian. Normally I do those post-game shows solo, but I was on the air with the former Bills and Raiders linebacker Kirk Morrison, who I've worked with on tons of shows, and you know he provided at least the player's mentality being on the field, the brotherhood of the locker room. So we clearly discussed that. You lean on your producers, as you can attest to from doing a show, and they keep you updated on any tweets on social media from all the individuals because there were people covering the Bills, the Bengals, the league, and this information was coming out nonstop. And you also have to be careful to make sure there's no fake accounts. So you lean on your production team, and you have to balance, which is challenging in circumstances like this, the coverage of a game, the X's and O's, the ramifications of the schedule, but at the same time understanding it's an extremely sensitive issue. And you know, as you know, we live in a very sensitive world where if you go into an angle of a game and you don't prioritize the other topics, people in the audience get ultra-sensitive. And that's why I think everybody needs to take a step back, calm down. There was a lot of raw emotion out there, but understand that there are logistics involved in this game not continuing. And that's not disrespectful to DeMar Hamlin, the Bills, or his family. It's just, you know, that's how we cover events. So mm-hmm. to cover that, as well as, obviously, what the players are going through. So you had to pretty much walk that fine line, as I like to say, and we never prepare religiously for things like this. But that's what happens when you have breaking news. you got to be able to react on the fly. It was 
a unique circumstance from that standpoint, but I'm very proud of our production team. I think everybody under the circumstances prepared accordingly. We had a few guests related to both teams, and we were able to at least hopefully provide our listeners with the most up-to-date coverage, and that's really all you can do at that point. Yeah, I mean, you think historically it was Al Michaels was the guy that was winning Emmys back in the day for like the the coverage of the the San Francisco earthquake during that World Series back that's right back thirty uh, some odd years ago back in '88. But uh, Lance Meadow is our guest. Oh, we had you on. We wanted to talk Giants today, and we should do that because the Giants have have made the playoffs here. Um, you know, now this throws you know another variable into the week. But oh, what's this week going to be like for the Giants? They're they're locked into the playoffs, and on top of that, Lance, it's very strange because they're locked into of all seeds the sixth seed. They can't go up, they can't go down, and uh, it's suddenly a very big game where we thought it might not be for the Eagles this week. And to add another layer to this, Brian, if you recall two years ago, of course, when the Giants beat the Cowboys in the final week of the regular season and the Eagles played Washington, Philadelphia wound up playing Jalen Hurts for the first half but then benched him in the second half, and that created a whole debate. So do the Giants say to themselves, well, we're not going to necessarily lay out the red carpet treatment for them to win the NFC East title. I know we all have fun looking at it through that lens. I don't think Brian Dable was thinking about that. He wasn't with the organization. He made it clear after the game and on Monday when we had a chance to speak to him that he's going to do what's best for his team. And that's exactly how the Giants should approach it. However, I will say this. I do think, Brian, there is something to be said about momentum, continuity, and we've seen teams, not that the Giants are going to get a bye, but if they treat this Eagles game like a bye, where they don't play the majority of their starters, we've seen teams then come back the following week and not necessarily look the same. And the reason I bring that up, the Giants are coming off of not one, but two really good offensive performances against Mm -hmm. the Vikings as well as the Colts, where we've seen them scratch the surface of 400 yards in each game, be able to score multiple touchdowns, move the ball up and down the field. We have not seen this consistency. So from that standpoint, if some guys are healthy and you're not risking them, meaning they're not banged up right now, I do think there is some value in Brian Gable putting some of those guys out there. But if we're talking about the Leonard Williams of the world on defense who have had to grind out multiple injuries, and Xavier McKinney who just came back, yeah, I understand maybe you don't want to risk them. Adoring Jackson, though, you want to give him an opportunity and maybe – dust the rust off before they have to get into a playoff game, that may not hurt given all the weeks he's missed with the D injury. So they're going to do it on a case-by-case basis, but I'm not this believer that your coach scared and you keep everybody on the sideline when there is something to be said about momentum in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you go in Giants history, this is taking it way back now, but go back to, to 2007, it was playing the Patriots in that last game in a similar situation. Yeah. It didn't it didn't mean anything as far as seeding to the Giants. They, they lost the game, but what a game it was, and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, New England was no longer undefeated uh, four weeks after that, after the Super Bowl. So we'll see. How it is. And, you know, how this sets up right now, Lance, it couldn't really necessarily set up better and go figure this for the Giants, then the likely scenario, now nothing is locked in yet, but the likely scenario is playing the Vikings again. And the Giants got to think after last week that that was a game they lost more than the Vikings won. Like that That's not all things considered if you can get, be it them or the Niners, uh, in a couple weeks, that uh, the Vikings might be an ideal opponent here for the Giants coming up. I agree. I don't think there's any question. I think if you're the Giants, you would much rather head to Minneapolis than across the country to San Francisco from a logistical standpoint in terms of travel, but also from a more serious nature with respect to the X's and O's. Yeah, San Francisco has one of the best defenses in the NFL. I know that wasn't necessarily showcased 
in their tight game against the Raiders this past weekend, but they overall have been solid. And, of course, Brock Purdy has looked really good and comfortable with all the playmakers around him, and they'll probably get Debo Samuel back. So based on how the Giants fared against the Vikings, yeah, it's not necessarily a bad position to be in, assuming the cards fall into place like this. You go back to that game, you mentioned the Giants lost it more so than the Vikings won it. Well, they turned the ball over twice deep in Minnesota territory. They had a blocked punt. They had a dropped interception, and they had multiple penalties. I think I covered all of the mishaps and the miscues effectively. And Minnesota, in fairness, though, Brian, has played one tight game after another. They're 11-0 right. in one score game. So that's an NFL record, meaning I don't think even if you get them again, you're going to expect to roll over them, and you probably will play another tight affair, which means all of these other things that we're talking about are going to be put under the microscope once again. But, yes, from a matchup standpoint, especially the state of the Vikings' offensive line, the Giants' pass rush, you like your chances having another shot at Minnesota compared to San Francisco. Which, uh, and who knows how this week will go, could I, ironically, if you somehow win that game, set up another shot with Philadelphia. But that is a uh, that is a problem for uh, another day. Um, what do you what do you think um, th- this week's going to be like with the idea, you know, meshing this with the the Dermar Hamlin uh, information? Because th- this has got to be a strange week, isn't it, inside NFL locker rooms? We, we've seen most uh, player media sessions that uh, go on today have been uh, canceled or postponed. That you know, NFL teams are just not having a, a normal week this week. What what do you think uh, the Giants' locker room is going to be like from that standpoint as we go forward? Well, as I mentioned earlier, Brian, I think it's unique for the Giants because, once again, they have a lot of connections to the Buffalo Bills organization, and specifically Damar Hamlin, who was a sixth-round pick in 2021. So you look at Brian Dable was on staff, Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, was there, Shea Tierney, the QB coach, Isaiah Hodgins, who's made a name for himself in the receiving core, Mm -hmm. he was on the roster. So there's a lot of guys top to bottom, and then, of course, Joe Shane, the general manager. So... Yeah, there's going to be an emotional toll. I'm sure that it's going to take on both the coaching staff and the locker room. And that's why you brought up that the NFL canceled all media access. And I think that was the wise move because, you know, every media member that would enter a locker room or speak to coaches or players via Zoom, the first question that's going to come to mind is, in the wake of what you saw last night, are you comfortable going out and playing a football game? And Putting aside, once again, the human element in play, I think from a PR standpoint, I don't think the NFL wants every NFL player and coach having to answer that question. So that was a logical move on the part of the NFL, though when they do get access, either tomorrow or Thursday, whenever they reopen locker rooms, players are going to be asked about that, and it's going to be on their mind. I'm sure it's a conversation that's occurring right now, via text message or in the locker room as we speak, and that's why it goes back to you and I having the conversation I'm not saying that they will postpone the games, but I think right now it's fair to say that that may be something that the NFL Players Union is thinking about, as well as the league, because you have to expect this hits players differently across the board. Not everybody's going to have the same reaction, and it's a violent sport, it's a physical sport, and you've got to have the mental capacity to go out there and block everything out. So from that standpoint, yeah, this is not going to be a typical week in the NFL, and also Let's not overlook the fact, Brian, this is a huge week because we were just talking about this playoff implications across the board. So mm-hmm. not to say every week's not important in the NFL. That cliche goes without saying, but there's a lot of guys that their season could come to an end if they're not in the right frame of mind. And I think that that's going to be something that coaches are going to have to navigate. I was hearing from colleagues and so forth that coaches are having conversations across the league because they're going to need assistance from one another. What do you tell your team? 
How do you get them focused on a football game with a lot riding on it when we saw what happened on the field in Cincinnati? And that, again, is a bit of uncharted territory. Yeah, I mean, it, it includes the Bills if they're to play this week. Like, the Patriots need to win that yep. game to make the playoffs. Uh, it, it doesn't as much anymore include the Bengals. Them and the Ravens are both in the playoffs. So there's a lot of, I mean, it's week 18. Of course there are. There's a lot of games that have uh, playoff implications uh, this week. All right, Lance, uh, appreciate you coming on today and uh, an exceedingly strange day in the uh, sporting world after what we saw last night. Uh, but we'll be listening uh, going forward, and hopefully we'll uh, touch base sometime in the playoffs. Absolutely. It's certainly going to be a day we'll all remember. And, Brian, as always, appreciate you having me on. Thanks uh, so much. That is Lance Meadow. He is the host of the Giants broadcast, as heard here uh, over the weekends. Giants will have the uh, 425 kick uh, this Sunday against Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, not why we planned on having him on when we are – go out and arrange these things on uh, Monday, as I did yesterday, texting with uh, Lance in the morning. Hey, you want to come on and talk to the Giants? But he also uh, does the Monday Night Football postgame show, so it uh, was a very different show for him uh, last night, but glad he could add uh, a bit of perspective uh, to that. With that, we'll take a break. Uh, much more to come. little uh, Syracuse football update. Season now complete. Bowl game in the rear view. And uh, just a, a few few postseason uh, roster nuggets and uh, whatnot to mention uh, when we come back here. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.